Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. finding your seats, please take your Bible or your device and find the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We are now in week 6 of this theme called An Unusual View of Life. We could probably state it this way. An uncommon view of life or an atypical view of life. And what is that? Well, throughout our time, we have said that an unusual view of life is living like Jesus. And if we live like Jesus, if we truly do that, then we will have this uncommon, this atypical view. Interestingly enough, Philippians chapter 2 talks about living like Jesus. And here's what he did. Here's what Jesus did. He emptied himself. He humbled himself, and he began to act like a servant, putting the needs of others in front of his own. That's what Jesus did. Now get this, in Philippians chapter 2, this is so good, we are told as followers of Jesus, have the same attitude that Jesus had. In other words, act like him. And imitate Jesus, who emptied himself, who humbled himself, who became a servant and put the needs of others in front of his own. We are told to imitate that, to have the same attitude that Jesus had. I believe if we do that, we will have a very unusual view of life. And I think in the process, we'll be living out the story of Jesus in pretty compelling ways. Last Sunday, Ben Jones walked us through the first part of Philippians chapter 3, and he did a great job. Will you help me thank him for doing that? Thank you, Ben. Today we're going to pick up on the rest of the verses in chapter 3. We're going to finish out this great chapter, and what we're going to discover is that the Apostle Paul the writer of this letter to God's ancient people living in the city of Philippi, he tells them to imitate me as I seek to live my life for Christ. So Paul basically states, follow me. Follow me as I try to and as I attempt to live out the story of Jesus in my imperfect ways. And I think that will make a lot of sense as we begin to read through these different verses. Here's a big idea for today. And this will frame our conversation. Where my eyes are fixed will determine how effectively I live out the story of Jesus. So we're going to talk about our eyes today. We're going to talk about our focus. And where my eyes are fixed, where I place my eyes, what I give attention to, What I focus on in life will determine how effectively or not I live out the story of Jesus. That takes us to Philippians chapter 3. Here's verse 12. Paul states, I don't mean to say 
that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things, and that's a very interesting phrase there, or that I have already reached perfection. Okay, what is Paul talking about here? What are these things? Well, I believe if you roll back up into the first part of chapter 3, you will discover that these things are living for Christ, loving Christ, obeying Christ. And Paul is stating, guess what? Even me as an apostle, I don't always get this right. (laughs) And I don't perfectly live out the story of Jesus. These things, loving Christ, knowing Christ, obeying Christ, I don't always get it right. But, verse 12 goes on to say, I press on. Really encouraging words here. I press on in spite of that to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. This phrase, focus on, is really important because Paul is stating, I don't always get it right, but I'm trying to focus on this one thing. Now, we'll get to that one thing in just a moment. Before that, there's this phrase, focus on. It's really dynamic. Those two words come from a very interesting Greek word, katalambano. How about that? Katalambano. Sounds like a deli in South Philly somewhere, doesn't it? Hey, let's go to Catalambanos and get a little hoagie. I think Rocky actually said that in Rocky 3. I think so. Catalambano, a dynamic word. And when we understand what's underneath it, it gives richness to the text. And it helps us to know, okay, Paul the Apostle, he's not perfect, but he's really focusing on Catalambano. So here's what that word means. It has the idea to acquire or to attack. Paul states, I am focusing on, I am acquiring, I am attacking this one thing. We could also use the word seize. Okay? Paul. I don't always get it right, but I am catalambano. I am acquiring. I am attacking. I am seizing this one thing. Well, that sounds really important. Like this is kind of a big deal. So what's the one thing that he is acquiring and attacking and seizing? Well, it says here as we continue in verse 13, forgetting the past. Wow, that's the one thing. Paul, I'm acquiring this, I'm attacking this, I'm seizing, forgetting the past. And that word forgetting has the idea of neglect. It also means to forget, but I think there's richness in the thought of neglecting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Do you see those two words, looking forward? I'm forgetting the past. I'm going to neglect that. And we'll see why Paul states that and why it's so beautiful for all of us to know this. So I'm neglecting the past. I'm, I'm looking forward. That has the idea of to stretch toward or to strain toward something. So I'm acquiring this one thing, neglecting the past. That stuff back there. I am leaning toward forgetting that so I can think about what God has for me. So what's the one thing that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians saying, Catalambano, acquire, attack, seize this. Well, the one thing is the past. It's yesterday. Where all my troubles seem so far away. La da 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 da. Yeah, I think Paul's going beyond that, stating that yesterday, <laughs> there's some stuff there that I'm not proud of in my life, the past. It's back there, and I'm not happy about that. So I am going to focus on, I'm going to acquire, I'm going to attack, I'm going to seize, neglecting all of that so that I can strive toward this one thing that God has for me. That's what I want to do. So get this, okay? Really important. Paul is saying, I'm living out the story of Jesus. And guess what, everybody? I'm not perfect at it. I don't always get it right. But I'm trying, and here's one of the ways that I do that. I live out the story of Jesus. Here's one of the ways. Ready? Acquiring, attacking, and seizing, neglecting the past, and striving toward what God has for me in the future, looking forward. Now, it's really important that we understand who's writing this. It's the Apostle Paul, right? He's an apostle. He's a prolific writer. He's in the New Testament. He's part of the biblical literature. He's a mentor. He was a leader in the first century church. He's a great guy. Paul, an amazing guy, a spiritual giant, yet... The Apostle Paul had a past. He had a past. Stuff back there. And it's a pretty ugly past, actually. So Paul is stating, I, I need to neglect that, but it helps us to know what he's actually referring to, which should be encouraging to all of us as we think about that's stuff back there. The biblical literature does not hide Paul's past from us. He's not just saying this. There's actually records of some of the things that he did. If you turn to the book of Acts, you can read all about this. Here's Acts chapter 9. Verse 1 says, Meanwhile, Saul, now before he trusted in Jesus alone to rescue him, Paul was called Saul. 
So we're talking about the same person here. This is before Christ, though, before the transformation, before he turned his life over to Jesus and began to follow the way. So meanwhile, Paul, Saul, was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Oh, my. (laughs) That's a past, isn't it? He's breathing out threats. He's desiring to kill people. So here's what he did. He went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. That's pretty intense. That's a lot of stuff. Back there, isn't it? Yet God miraculously turned his life around. Saul trusted in Jesus and he moved from being someone who attacked Christians to participating in their story and eventually living out the story of Jesus, planting churches, writing scripture, and he is truly a spiritual giant of the faith. But think about it. Do you suppose Paul ever had regrets? Over the past, what he did, what he said, did did he ever have regrets? Probably. And while Jesus invites us to live out his story, we do have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're following Jesus, he has a great enemy Satan, who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can do that by submerging us with regrets and pain over the past, then we'll have a really hard time living out the story of Jesus today. So Paul, I'm I'm trying to neglect that stuff. I'm attacking, I'm acquiring, I'm seizing, forgetting that, and focusing on looking forward to what God has for me. But yet probably a hard time occasionally in thinking about all of this stuff in the past. We need to personalize this now because this isn't just about the Apostle Paul. Do you have regrets? Stuff back here that you hope no one discovers? But it's there and it comes up in your mind all of the time and it defeats and discourages and maybe you've taken all the right steps you've asked for forgiveness you've claimed scripture but yet there's still pain and regret about that well back in philippians chapter 3 the flow of thought in the text tells us to overcome those things By focusing on, catalambado, acquire, attack, seize this one thing, forgetting, neglecting the past, and looking forward, stretching toward, straining toward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And then verse 15 goes on to say, 
Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. And I think Paul is referring to the progress of neglecting the past and looking forward. As a way just to emphasize, looking forward. I have a steering wheel here, all right? I think most of you know how this works. Imagine that you're on 95 and you're hurtling down the road at a high rate of speed in your chunk of metal, okay? You're doing that. And as you're racing down the road, just having a great time getting to your destination, you look out at another person who's flying down the road and they begin to do some of this stuff. Now, if you see that, what do you do? What do you do? You honk, you slow down, you get far away, because this is a dangerous person. They're not looking forward. They're messing around with stuff back here. And we honk and we wave with all of our fingers. But we might also avoid that mess because it's really dangerous, really dangerous. Now, here's the point. As we all hurtle down the highway of life, often we think about stuff back there and we begin doing this. And that's a disaster waiting to happen because God calls us to look forward. And when we're messing around back here with the past and allowing the past to eat our future, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And a wreck like that never happens in isolation. Never. It always impacts a lot of people. So, hear this from the Apostle Paul. He wrote this stuff a long time ago. But it's so appropriate for us. As you're driving down the highway of life, if you find yourself living in the past, and regretting that. Hear these words from the Apostle Paul. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. Because nothing good comes of this. And that's why he challenges us. Acquire, attack, seize, neglecting the past, and keep looking forward. Keep focusing on what God has for us. Now, what Paul does in verses 17 and following is he talks about how we actually begin to do that. Here's verse 17. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. Now, I don't think Paul's being arrogant here. He's simply saying, I'm trying to focus on this one thing. I'm attempting to do this. I'm avoiding looking back here, and I'm trying to move forward and look forward. So follow my example as I do that in imperfect ways. Now Paul does something great. He just rolls out a few thoughts here about how that happens. Here's the rest of verse 17. And learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. 
and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And this is a big clue here. Remember, they were citizens of Philippi. But ultimately, they were the Christ followers were also citizens of heaven. So this is what we focus on. This is what we look forward to. And if we have trusted in Jesus alone, our citizenship is here, but ultimately it is in heaven. And so Paul reminds them of that. We're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Okay, based on what Paul shares, I want to give you two thinking points about how to focus on this one thing, looking forward. Ready? Here's number one. The people around you matter. Okay? The people around you matter. So get an example to follow and not an example that is doing this. Because it's not going to help. Find someone who is Catalambano. They're acquiring, they're attacking, they're seizing this desire to look forward. Find those individuals and place them around you. By the way, this is one of the great values of being in a faith community. Okay? So great job in coming today and having other people around you. We're all imperfect. But when we get imperfect people around us who are seeking to look forward to what God has for us, mm, like that's a really good thing. And so we step into this on Sundays because it helps us just to, okay, here I am. And I'm pushing out all of the stuff around me and I'm thinking about what Jesus wants for me today. This matters, and we have to have good people around us. Examples to follow who are not headed for destruction. And again, that's why this matters. So let's not neglect doing this. It's important. Thinking point number two, place eyes on Christ. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Like, if we could just get that <laughs> all of the time. Eyes on Jesus. Again, these words from Paul in Philippians chapter 3, written so many years ago. But how appropriate is this for us today? As we think about everything that's happening outside of these doors and all of the fears and all of the distractions and stuff that's going to happen in our own country at the end of this year and everybody's focusing on this stuff and then you add to that all of the regrets of the past and it's really hard to place eyes on Jesus. It's really hard. But yet it is an absolute because where we place our eyes is where our body will move. So, eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Think about this. If we place our eyes on really chasing that and pursuing it, 
If our eyes are there, the body will move toward it. If we are seeking revenge, in some way, if our eyes are focused on that and we get consumed with it, now the body follows. And we'll begin to do that. We'll begin to implement that. And guess what? If our eyes are on Christ, <laughs> the beauty is our body begins to move in that direction. And that's what Paul is emphasizing here. Eyes on Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening around us. There's all of this stuff in the past as well that defeats us and brings pain and keeps us from living out the story of Jesus today. But eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. Here's a statement that I want you to write down. I don't think it's in your notes, but write this down. Where we place our focus is what we will move toward. Where we place our focus is what we will move toward. That's why Paul says, eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. Eyes on him. One of the things I really enjoy about Paul's literature is that he makes a lot of references to athletes and athletic competition throughout his letters. If you read that, you find him talking about running the race and about teamwork and about relying on the people around you. And there's so much great imagery that comes from athletics and from sports that gives us lessons even spiritual lessons about when you get knocked on, you, you, you got to get back up again and forget about the last play that maybe didn't work and look forward. Just a, a lot of things that are parallel there in terms of athletes and competition and living for Jesus. And Paul talks about that. It's one of the great things that interests us as we read his letters. He talks about athletes. I'm not an athlete. Never really have been. God's given me other gifts, I think. And so I try to lean into that. But I, I love sports. I really do. My favorite sport to watch, and I never played it because I, again, wasn't gifted that way. But my favorite sport to watch is high school football. I don't think there's anything better than high school football. The athletes are really doing it for the most part for all the right reasons. And they're learning and they're growing and they have to rely on each other because most of them aren't that great, and so they gotta, they got to work together, and it's just a fun thing to watch. I, I love high school football. And interestingly enough, in football, there is a tremendous amount of attention and coaching given to your eyes and where they are placed and how where your eyes are, that's where your body will move and that's a really important thing. And people are trying to figure out, how do I get my body over here to stop this play or to implement this play? So it's really a lot about our focus and our attention. So as a way to help us with this today, to think about eyes on Jesus and where we place our eyes, that's where our body will move. I'm going to ask somebody to join me on the stage. His name is Mike Evans. Will you help me welcome him? All right, Mike, I've given us a lot of space up here. 
to operate. Okay. It's great to see you. Nice to be seen. Yeah. Mike is, uh, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's been coming to Valley Point mm. for a little bit now. Here's what you need to know about Mike. Played for the Philadelphia Eagles back in the late 60s. Yeah. <laughs> late 60s and early 70s, he was a center. So you're the original Jason Kelsey. Yep. Right? That, exactly. That's you. That's, that's what you did. Now, I, I can imagine as you see me standing next to this physical specimen, you may be thinking, I bet our pastor had an NFL career as well. <laughs> uh, not the case. I, I didn't. Again, I have other talents. But you were on the offensive line. And, and one of the things that I appreciate about offensive linemen is that they really have to move people away from their quarterback, away from the backfield where a defensive player may be able to disrupt what is happening. And it really is all about focus, right? Yeah. This is true. Okay, so I want you to imagine now we have an NFL former offensive lineman. By the way, I'm going to add that to my resume now. Okay. I, right. I went after an offensive lineman from the NFL. I can add that to my resume. Uh, but don't look back. But don't, that's right. That's right. Don't look back. That's right. So an offensive lineman from the NFL, I'm going to be a defensive end today. Okay, and I kind of like the defensive side of football, so that's a lot of fun for me. So imagine that as a defensive player, I've, I've got to go against this guy because there's a quarterback behind him, and there's a play that I need to disrupt or stop. I need to get the quarterback or hopefully get that running back in the backfield. That would be a beautiful thing. So my eyes are focused back there. So when I get into my three-point stance, What sport are we doing? Uh, yeah. That's, right. So, I, I, hey, here's how you learn how to do a three-point stance. YouTube. You, you should try it, okay? So here we go. I'm in my three-point stance, and at some point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire off the ball. Now, th this is really scaring me, actually. <laughs> this is not good for me. Maybe we just scoot back so I don't fly off the stage here. All right, so I'm in, I'm in my three-point stance, and there's, there's a quarterback behind him and a play I need to disrupt. So I'm going to fire off the ball here when it is hiked, and I'm going to come at my offensive lineman here, and I'm going for the outside shoulder. Now, I don't know why I'm doing that, but that's what I <laughs> saw on YouTube. Apparently, You're, you're close. You're close. <laughs> you, you know, you attack the outside shoulder, so that, that's what I'm trying to do here. You can see that I'm having some issues. I, I want to... I need to get to that quarterback. I, I need to see him. Now, it's, it's Mike's job to protect that quarterback and to keep me away from disrupting that play. Now, he can do that by physically being in my way, and you can see his arms are much longer than mine. And look at these hands. Oh, my word. That's, a, that's an NFL hand right there. So I, I can't see the quarterback right now. So as I begin to push on him, and Mike pushes me out of the field or out of range, Watch I'm watching it. <laughs> As my, my eyes are over here now, and of course my, my body's moving me in that direction, and of course he's a force multiplier. He's helping that to happen, but my eyes are over here. I'm now not looking back here. I'm not looking forward. If I try to spin out of that for some reason, so now my eyes are way over here, and I'm in a lot of trouble, and the quarterback's going to make a great play or the running back. And Mike has done an effective job of diverting my attention and moving my focus, and my body begins to follow. Will you help me thank Mike?
Great job. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Go birds, right? That's right. All of that to say eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ. Because when I do that, I will move in that direction. But if I put my eyes on other things, well, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. So, Catalambano. Acquire, attack, seize this one thing, neglecting all of that. And also neglecting, riding around on the highway of life like this. Neglect that. And look forward. Strive toward. Stretch toward what God has for us. One takeaway today. And that is live out the story of Jesus with a clear focus on him. It's what we all need to do. Live out the story of Jesus with a clear focus on him. How do we actually do that? Three quick thoughts. Number one, get good people around you who encourage that. Okay, you want to live out the story of Jesus. You got to have good people around you. People who aren't dwelling in their past, but people who are encouraging and helping you to focus on Christ. And then pursue him through his word beyond Sunday. Right? We come, we get encouraged, we get fed, and hopefully that feels good to you, and I can do this, eyes on Christ, and then we walk out of here, and life happens Monday through Saturday, and tends to chip away at living for Jesus and having our eyes on him. That makes sense to all of us, right? That's just the way the world works. So if we're going to, as the takeaway says, live out the story of Jesus with a clear focus, at some point we've got to pursue him in his word on Monday through Saturday and engage in focusing on what Jesus wants for us. So I would encourage you to take full advantage of that reading plan that's in your program or whatever it is that you do to get yourself into the Word of God for a few moments on Monday through Saturday so we can focus and place our eyes on Christ and do that once again. And then live Matthew 5, 14 through 15. Those are our church-wide life verses which remind us you're the light of the world. That's who we are as followers of Jesus. No one takes a lamp and puts it under a basket. It's a bad idea. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Focus on being a bright light because that puts our eyes on Jesus. Or pull out your life verse or life verses and begin to think about that. It's a way for us to keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of the week. Back to the big idea. Where my eyes are fixed will determine how effectively I live out the story of Jesus. A question for all of us. Where are your eyes fixed today? Where are they fixed? What your eyes are fixed upon is what you will move toward. Eyes on Jesus. Let's do that, okay? Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Will you stand with me?
If you're willing, I'd encourage you to hold out your hands open in front of you to receive this blessing. Valley Point Church, as you move into a new week, may you fix your eyes on Jesus. May you forget about the past. And as it arrives, as the enemy goes deep sea fishing in your life to bring all that stuff back up again and you get defeated and discouraged, may you do your very best to once again claim the forgiveness of Christ and to look forward, to look forward, to stretch toward what God wants for you with eyes on Jesus, eyes on him throughout the week. Father, we thank you for today, for the opportunity to to look at Philippians chapter 3 that talks about our focus. God, I think we all struggle focusing on you because there's so many immediate things around us. So many things that distract, even good things. So help us to place our eyes on you. And God, as we get discouraged about the past and the things that we've done or the things that have been done to us, God, help us just to take all of that to you. Ask for your help get good people around us and keep daily focusing on Jesus. God, as we get distracted, pray that you'd bring some reminders into our life this week, whether it's the steering wheel, whether it's an offensive lineman, whether it's a word from scripture, whatever it may be, bring that to our minds so that we can get back on track and move our bodies towards you. This is what we want. This is what we need. This is what we ask for now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.